0: Welcome to episode 286 of the Rugby League Republic podcast with your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. In this episode, we discuss each game of week one of the NRL finals series. Join us as we build a rugby league community for all. The Rugby League Republic podcast starts right now. Welcome to episode 286 of a Rugby League Republic podcast. So, we aim to bring you the everyday fans' perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the People. I'm your co host, Dr. T. Joining me is Tish. Tish, we are in week one of the NRL final series. How are you feeling? Are you pumped? Are you ready to go?
1: Yeah, hello, Dr. T. It's Tish from this side. And I've got to say, Uh, You know, we've gone from meaningless games to meaningful games, right? We've gone the other end of the spectrum because, uh, yeah, it's all on the line this week. And I'm uh, super pumped for, I think, what's going to be an epic uh, final series. It's been an epic season. There's been some really great games. And now we're going to see, I believe, a real epic uh, final series. But I'm pumped. How about yourself, Dr. T?
0: Oh uh, look, I'm looking forward to. I'm disappointed, you know. I'm I'm, I'm partially mm. in Mad Monday mode with along with the eels, uh, but, <laughs> yep. but I'm also partially, you know, kind of pumped for for what's happening uh, in in this top eight. I'm I'm I've got I've got a feeling that we're going to see potentially a new winner uh, of of the final series. We're going to potentially wow. see a new champion be crowned. Uh, You know, and and the other thing that's on the line is a three-peat, the Panthers. I mean, they're looking absolutely primed and poised for Mm. the first three-peat since the great, mighty Parramatta Eels in the 80s. Never since then has a team had three in a row in the Australian Rugby League landscape. And, uh, you know, the Panthers might do it this year. So it's it's exciting either, either way you look at it.
1: Well we'll look just on that, right? So I'm just going back to that paramount side. Uh so you said three Pete, so we've got Peter Sterling, Peter Wynn. What who was the third Pete? Peter?
0: <laughs> I I I I don't know. <laughs> that's not what oh, I okay, mean. Okay. I mean to,
1: okay, Pete, okay. Three in a row. I get okay, yep, Empress. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah Pete, that's <laughs> yeah,
0: Pete's empress.
1: Yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> uh, That's right. The slipperest uh, eel of them all.
0: That's right. That's right. So slippery, you ended up playing tennis. Um, look, okay. Well, you know, you got me there with the, with some of the terminology and I'm sure you'll get me in the next few weeks as well. Um, but look, there is, uh, like I said, there is a lot to talk about today. We're going to go through each of the finals games, give, our, give a bit of an, uh, uh, an assessment of where we think uh, the, the teams are landing, how they're going to go and then give our final tips at the end. Uh, we're going to review coming up soon the um, the last round of the regular season, the re- uh, the regu- last regular round of the season or whatever you want to call it, um, heading into the finals. It was a beauty as well. There was a lot of interesting games as well. And, and also uh, I'm going to take a very quick look back before we jump into the games uh, at our crystal ball to see how we predicted the top eight now that it's been decided. Um, I think you'll find... There is an interesting uh, little, <laughs> there's an interesting finding there. So we'll get into it in a minute, but let's, look. let's jump into round 27 review. The last round of the NRL uh, um, for this season, um, let's jump into it. Tackle number one. All right. The Storm kicked off uh, with a 32-22 victory over the Brisbane Broncos. Both teams rested players. Uh, It was in front of a massive 43,000 at Suncorp Stadium. Unfortunately, the Broncos decided to opt for uh, resting their players rather than uh, heading for their first minor premiership, and uh, they... Well, they lost it. Basically, <laughs> this is a game where they lost the minor premiership only by ten points. They lost this game, but the Storm made sure that they uh, they got they got that third uh, spot. Um, and uh, and yes, yeah, so unfortunately, the Broncos uh, had to wait to see what the Panthers were going to do later on in the round. Uh, the next game was a Manly versus Seagulls, fifty-four to twelve over the uh, the West Tigers in front of 16,500 fans. The big Friday clash, Souths versus Sydney Roosters, ended up being 26 to 12 in favour of the Sydney Roosters um, at a core stadium in front of 36,000 fans. So not, not a bad turnout considering um, a top eight spot was on the line and really the loser was uh pretty much guaranteed to be out of the top eight depending on uh other other kind of games uh the, the whether it was the roosters winning or south's winning they would have had to rely on other games uh, to go their way um so the roosters winning that one 26 to 12 a dominant performance the rabbit were woeful i think it's fair to say um very disappointing end to the season so there will be a lot of uh you know, a lot of heads rolling, I think, and maybe maybe the coach might be one of them because uh, of what happened towards the tail end of the season, given that at one point they were premiership favourites and uh, they were sort of riding high very early on in the season. The Warriors uh, downed by the Dolphins, 34-10 to 10 in front of 35,000 fans at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday at 3pm. Well done, Brisbane fans out there. Getting out in force uh, and on a traditionally dead time slot, Saturday three PM used to be the old ABC radio time slot in back in the day. But um, I think people have uh, opted for night games now, and uh, you know Saturday three PM is a dead zone, but not for Brisbane. Uh, well done, Dolphins fans for getting out there. Well deserved win over the Warriors, who also rested a lot of their players, knowing that for sure they would be in the top four anyway. Uh, and this is a big game. This is the one that decided the minor premiership. Penrith Panthers, and in fact, it not only decided the minor premiership, it decided the top eight because by the Panthers winning 44 to 12 at home against the Cowboys in front of about 21,500 fans, they not only guaranteed themselves to win the minor premiership, they also guaranteed that the Cowboys were knocked out and that by winning this game, the Roosters uh, now were officially in the top eight. So that was a big, big game uh, for several clubs, really, uh, at Saturday, on Saturday at 5.30pm. And that was followed up by the Knights, 32-12, uh, to 12 over the Dragons in front of 10,000 or so fans at Jubilee, Net Strata Jubilee Stadium. On Sunday, we saw the Titans, 34-30, to 30 over the Bulldogs at Seabus uh, Super Stadium in front of about 15,000 or so fans. And the final game, which we thought would be the deciding factor, but ended up just being a bit of a dead rubber, and really deciding only which position they would take in the top eight. Um, the Sharks, 24 to 6 over the Canberra Raiders in front of about 12,500 at Points Bet Stadium. So that is your top eight. Uh, obviously, the Eels had the bye, but that was con- inconsequential to the actual top eight. So the top eight looks as follows. We have seen, uh, let me just get the ladder up. The Panthers ended up up being minor premiers. Equal first, 42 points, but because of a far superior for and against of 333, end up winning the minor premiership. The Broncos second on 42 points. Uh, Equal uh, third is the Storm and the Warriors on 38 points, but the Storm... Uh, slightly ahead due to a superior four and against. Um, number five is the Knights, uh, 35 points, and uh, you know clearly fifth. Then you've got the Sharks, clearly sixth at on 34 points, and then uh, seventh and eighth respectively on 32 points. Roosters and Raiders uh, rounding out the top eight. Just outside the eight, we got three teams: Rabbitohs, Eels, and Cowboys, equal on 30 points. Um, and then the Seagulls on 29 points coming 12th just behind them. Uh, well, a fair bit away, five points away on 24 points are the Dolphins and the Titans on 20 points coming in at 15th spot is the Bulldogs 16th on 16 points is the Dragons and 17th last wooden spooners for three years in a row. West Tyre on 14 points, unfortunately, um, but there you have it, your top eight, Panthers, Broncos, Storm, Warriors, Knights, Sharks, Roosters, and Raiders live to fight another day. And I thought, Tish, uh, well, like, let, let me get into your, your um, comments on any of the highlights or lowlights of the games on the weekend, and then I'll jump into our, our crystal ball
1: yeah well look let me just first go with i mean you sort of ended off on the ladder right so just a couple comments on the ladder itself so uh obviously you know disappointing for the west tigers you know uh in 2022 their first wooden spoon and we thought you know what's more worse than coming 16th well that's coming 17th uh so you know managed to find a new low the west tigers so uh very (laughs) interesting there and then look I think Rabbitos, Eels, Cowboys, all three of these teams finishing up on 30 points, all with positive um, differentials uh, to the point where, you know, any one of them could probably end up in seventh spot just with an extra win, right? Um, because the Brewsters and the Raiders both have negative for and against. Um, so, yeah, so look, yeah. one game away, very disappointing. And then, you know, last year's grand finals, obviously the Eels, but then, you know, the previous year's grand finals, the Rabbitohs, both of them missing out, which I think makes the competition a bit wide open for uh, what we talked about three in a row. But, you know, that's that's there you go. But, look, in terms of the actual round itself, um, look, I think once obviously the result came in with the Cowboys and the Panthers, it just meant that the last games on Sunday just didn't really mean much. But what we did see, um, I think, is the knights coming in with a lot of really good form into the finals and even winning without their with their spine rested, which I think was pretty amazing. Uh we saw that Warriors probably don't have that much depth because they rested a whole bunch of players and um you know uh you know they weren't able to get the win, so they kind of missed out on third. But maybe maybe that I'm not too sure if they really want to play the Panthers or not, but at least they get the Panthers out of the way, right? So so that's probably where that. I don't know where their thinking is, but maybe we'll we'll see. And then, yeah, we had the Broncos and Storm play each other, and um, they're playing each other again this week in the same venue. But this time, it's not the Queensland Cup Invitational uh, (laughs) that was last week, right? I mean, it's completely different teams. It was a bit like watching reserve grade, now watching first grade. Look, there was really good talent, but it was – yeah, it it was definitely – not the best, I've got to say. It's not the best representation of the game. Like, there's got to be some sort of—I uh, don't know how you sort of police this type of thing, but it's—it's it's really quite uh, crazy how that how how that all ended up. And um, I mean, we saw lots of great talent, but you know, at the end of the day, it just yeah, it was just a whole bunch of players that played in the Queensland Cup. I suppose Ryan Peppenhausen, hes the main guy that uh, benefited from that match because like he 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 sort of got into the lineup. For this week's game, but like, um, yeah, I mean, the ins and outs uh, for for this game now is like, yeah, it's unbelievable, right? Like, it's like you know, like there was like, yeah, this what nine ins for the Broncos and thirteen ins from the Storm, so
0: uh, chalk and cheese, chalk and cheese, yeah,
1: absolutely, like, like really, I mean, even even, um, you know, even like players that previously played, uh, like, I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, that guy from. PNG the uh you know the center he sort of got a game last week and then he you know he's out of the side already and he played well so <laughs> there you go so <laughs> yeah there we go but look I, I think that's probably the the main point i think the main thing about round 27 is obviously if you've already made it how do you sort of gear up towards it and you know um, it's kind of interesting which teams are in form which teams are not and i'm sure as we go through the games we could sort of discuss a little bit about those teams
0: Absolutely, and so I'm just going to circle back to what you are saying earlier about the ladder and uh, the disappointment of the Rabbitohs and the Eels. I thought I'd point out something which probably is a complete, uh, well, it just shows you how different this year has been for uh, a few teams compared to last year. So the four teams that really technically finished in the top four at the end of the season. And by that, we mean not at the regular season, but counting the finals, meaning which four teams were competing for grand final spots were the Panthers obviously ended up winning the Eels who obviously ended up being in the grand final, but losing to the Panthers. And let's not forget Panthers defeated the Rabbitohs last year in the grand final qualifier and the Eels defeated the Cowboys in the grand final qualifier. So this year, we see the Panthers taking out the minor premiership, but all of the Rabbitohs, Eels, and Cowboys who ended up top four and looking at taking that extra step further this year, all of them are outside the eight. I don't think I've ever seen such a drastic turnaround of snakes mm. and ladders for these these three of the four, you know, top four teams the previous year ended up sliding down, completely missing the top eight. I think that is absolutely shocking, and um, says a lot about how different this season has been for many clubs compared to last season. And and obviously we've seen, excuse me, we've seen some uh, teams sort of enter the top eight, and you know unexpectedly, and others that have been uh, you know thereabouts, near hovering near the top eight for a while. So let's see if they're going to make a difference. But you know the one consistent thing is the Panthers always on top. So there mm-hmm. you go. It's going to be an interesting one. Let me just look at before we jump into the next tackle. I thought I'd sort of go back in that crystal ball and um, we won't go about talk about the points or whatever, but I'll just quickly read out the teams that we predicted at the beginning of the year would enter into the top eight. Um, So, first, your ones were Rabbitohs, Cowboys, Sharks, Panthers, Eels, Roosters, Manly, and Storm. And I think you got four out of eight. Me, I got eels, panthers, rabbitoes, storm, sharks, cowboys, roosters, and bulldogs. I, th- I actually thought bulldogs would do well this year. So, boy, was I wrong. I got four out of eight. Now, let me compare. Let us compare that to what Chad GPT, who we oh introduced God. to our Republicans this year, uh, our citizens of the Rugby League Republic this year. Chad GPT, we one of the very first questions we asked him was to predict the top eight. And he predicted Sydney Roosters, Melbourne Storm, South Sydney Rabbitohs, North Queensland Cowboys, Brisbane Broncos, Cronulla Sharks, Canberra Raiders, and West Tigers. <laughs> now, despite the fact he completely missed Penrith Panthers, he still got five out of eight. <laughs> so Chad's got more than us. For, so yeah. Chad with the crystal ball for the win compared mm. to us, unbelievable. We'll we'll go through later. Look, well, in fact, let me do this now. Well, we're, we're the only. Um, oh, oh God. You predicted, uh, you predicted the Rabbitos versus the Sharks in the grand final with the Sharks with the Rabbitos to win. But you know, Sharks are still alive. Sharks are still alive. Yeah, I predicted eels and Panthers in the grand final with the eels to avenge their victory, their loss from last year. That's not going to happen. But the Panthers, you know, you never know. I predicted them. But let's look at Chad GPT. Chad GPT has predicted. Sydney Roosters as favourites to win the title with the Melbourne Storm. So the way I look at it, <laughs> Chad's predicted two teams in the top eight and he's predicting the Roosters to win the whole thing. So there you yeah. go. It's still live, uh, still a possibility. We unfortunately cannot, uh, are not in with a chance for the grand final prediction, but there you go. So well, look- this
1: is what machine learning AI <laughs> it's it's here. It's here. You can see evidence of it right here on the rugby league republic, right?
0: That's right. That's right. Look, without any further ado, let's jump into each of the games. There's a lot to get through. So tackle number two, Broncos V Storm. Broncos v. Storm is being played, obviously, at Suncorp Stadium, the Broncos' home ground advantage. It's a Friday night game, 7.50. The teams look like this. Broncos, we've got Reece Walsh, Jesse Arthurs, Katoni Staggs, Herbie Farnworth, Selwyn Cobo, Ezra Mam, and uh, Adam Reynolds uh, roll out the halves. In the forwards, we've got um, from uh, lockdown, we've got Carrigan, Ricky, Capewell, Haas, Walters, and Flegler. And on the Interchange bench at the moment, we've got Tyson, Smoothie, Pier, uh, is it Piercora, Hedrington, and Palacia. And for the Storm, we've got Meany, Warbrick, Sevi uh, Tonumapia, Coates, Munster, and Jerome Hughes. And in the forwards, King, Katoa, Loero, Welch, Grant, and Mika. And in the interchange bench, Bronson Garlick, Eisen, Eisenhuth, Sofa Solomona, and Ryan Pappenheisen, who made his return. I think it was last weekend. So well done, Ryan. And uh, look, yeah, as you said, lots of ins and outs compared to last week. There's no point looking at that. I guess the question is, is this the strongest side that both of these teams can, can put up? Interestingly enough, the Broncos have, is it Marty Taupau? and Corey Oates on reserves so and not even on the interchange bench and the storm have Tyron Wishart, Tariq Sims, uh, also, and to Moroa on the uh, reserve. So I wonder whether there's going to be any late changes there. Cause I think we've got quite a few players that are not even on the interchange bench, but look, this is not a, a an elimination game. This is really to work out where, uh, you know, which side of the draw you're on for weeks two onwards, and um you know let's put it uh, put it out there are we thinking that the broncos at full strength are going to be a completely different side to what what we saw against the storm um the other night i think so i think we're going to see uh you know some of the main players really ready to go and uh and you know they were rested so they've got no excuse now in terms of <laughs> health um I, look, I see basically the storm is always a threat at this time of year, no matter what position they're in, um, except last year when they got beaten, I think, by the, the Raiders and got knocked out in round one. But this time I think it's a different storm. I think, um, you know, they've they've kind of uh, weathered the storm, no pun intended, of, of some of the big changes from COVID. Um, and, and really it's all down to, I think, Munster and Jerome Hughes. And I think... They'll they'll do really well, so I don't think this will be a... this could go either way, put it this way, in my opinion. I think the Broncos, what they've done well this year is they've just played a really enterprising style of football. Adam Reynolds, It was. it's his second year there, so a lot of people pointing at Adam Reynolds as being the key um, to their success this year are completely forgetting about the number one, Reese Walsh, who has brought an absolute uh, X-factor kind of dimension to their attack. Um, Payne Haas is killing it at the moment. He is, he's is absolutely on fire and, and gets always gets a lot, of, uh, a lot of go forward. And Patrick Carrigan is also in great form this year. So you put those players together, and if they all click, I think I see that the Broncos are going to take this one out. What about you, Tish? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, Dr. T, before I give my, my thoughts, I just want to – Give you a bit of a stack attack. Are you ready for some stats there? Um, Go for it. So the Broncos have not defeated the Storm at Suncorp since 2009. Wow. Yeah. And the Storm have won their past 14 games against the Broncos.
0: Well, there you go. There you go. Does that change my mind? I don't know.
1: <laughs> okay, the Broncos have only have won only one of their past six final games, right? So what I'm saying is that, like this Broncos outfit, there is a bit of history that they all, uh, you know, are contending with when they when they're playing. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the good news is, if you kind of look at their lineup, they do have lots of players that have played Origin, have played for their country, have played in big games, and and who weren't there in 2009, right? Um, Who weren't there in the past 14 games necessarily, right? So I think from that point of view, um, I don't think if that history matters, right? So... Yeah, but it, it is it is kind of interesting how you know for even though this is a home game for the Broncos, you know, it's not really going to affect the storm that much because they seem to play really, really well at Suncourt Stadium. Um, so I think I think when you have these two top four teams and um you know both teams are going to be well rested because we've already talked about how many players are rested. Um, you know, I think it's gonna be a real tight game. Uh so then what's gonna be important is how the game flows when it comes to um, you know, how how the game flows during the interchanges and, you know, the you know, the the impact off the bench. And um so I'm looking at the, you know, the the uh you know the the sort of uh you know, I'm sort of looking at the benches here and I'm thinking, okay, smoothie versus garlic. Uh I'm gonna pick garlic.
0: Garlic wins every time, just with a bit garlic of garlic wins
1: every time. Yeah, yeah. So uh, look, I think Big Nelson, Ryan Peppenhausen off the bench. Uh, I I see two really big impact players for the Storm, and I don't really see, um, I don't see the same happening from the Broncos end of things. You know, and I think uh, maybe, you know, you talked about U and, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, Tristan Saylor these guys are actually in the reserves not actually in the team so I, you know i kind of feel like um you know i would i would, I would at least have Topao on the on the bench right cuz i think he um brings about a lot of impact so for me i think the storm just with the experience and maybe a bit more pa- like you know a bit of a power game off the bench plus you got Pappenhausen come in i mean uh nick meany like i don't think like, he just if you could afford to have ryan Peppenhausen on the bench in a finals game, like if you remember that try from the 2020 grand final, right, he's uh, a real match winner that you've got there. So I, 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 that's probably why I'm going to lean towards the storm. And, you know, this, this makes it very awkward then for the Broncos because I think, you know, whichever te- whichever team loses this game, they're going to have to go through Penrith before they get to the grand final. Um, so, yeah, I think it just makes the chances to get to the grand final much harder for whichever team loses. So storm for mine for, the, for this game.
0: And let's not forget, look, I mean, I'm, I'm still going to go stick with the Broncos and we'll talk about the tips later. But I think, you know, when you've got um, – one thing is for sure, when you've got garlic and pepper on the uh, on the bench, there's going to be a spicy storm. No? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. All right, let's move on to uh, the next game, which is the Panthers versus the Warriors. Here we go, tackle number three. This is the second non-elimination game And it's going to be played at Penrith Bluebet Stadium uh, Saturday 9th of September at 4.05pm Panthers first, Warriors fourth uh, Panthers are going to be heavily favoured for this one The teams look like this Dylan Edwards, uh, this is for the Panthers Edwards, Taruva, Targo, Crichton, To'o, Koga and Cleary Obviously Lua is out That is a big, big loss I think in the forwards, we've got Yo, Martin, Sorensen, Fisher-Harris, Kenny, and Leota on the interchange bench, Tyron Peachy, Lindsay Smith, Spencer Lenu, and Zach Hosking. For the Warriors, Chance, Nickel, Klogstad, Dallin Watney, Zalesniak, Rocco Berry, Adam Pompey, Marcelo Montoya, Tamari Martin, and Sean Johnson. In the forwards, Tohu Harris as captain, Marata Niakori, Jackson Ford, Mitchell Barnett, Wade, Egan, and Adam, Fanua, Blake, and on the interchange, Dylan Walker, T- Jazz Tavaga, Bailey Siren, and, and Josh Curran. And uh, and yeah, we've got you know a bunch of other players that are waiting in the wings in reserves. Not going to go through all of them, but but really uh, you know, you're talking about a team here who's been there, done it before. They have uh, they they're aiming for their three Pete. Um, and they're up against a Warriors team that is, uh, you know, fresh faced in the finals footy, but have been building and building and building all season. We've talked about, you know, they have not fluked their way into the top four. Um, in fact, they were, they've been comfortably in the top four. And and I think it's fair to say that that was something that surprised pretty much everyone, <laughs> maybe even including the Warriors at the beginning of the season. None of us, not even Chad GPT, chose... <clears throat> the Warriors, (coughs) excuse me, to get into the top eight. So something has happened there. We have focused on this in the past, uh, a couple of podcasts where we've talked about what they have done to turn their whole club around to get lots of fans out supporting them. They're playing great footy. You know, Sean Johnson, the Renaissance man, has uh, made a comeback of epic proportions to be one of the real front runners for best player of the year. Um, you know, off the back of his brilliance and leadership, the Warriors are playing entertaining, enterprising, you know, tough football. Uh, the crowds are coming in, as I said. It's getting lots of fans, um, you know, eyeballs as well on TV. So, you know, all because they have sort of building that identity. So I guess the question is, week one of the finals, it's not sudden death. The Panthers don't have um, Jerome Luo. And that, to me, is the key thing because, uh, yes, they've got Dylan Edwards. Yes, they've got Stephen Crichton, Brian or Nathan Cleary. The, back, the forwards do what they do best. Um, the question is, is their style of football, um, you know, the the kind of style that can handle a loss of Jerome Luai uh, up against what the Warriors have dished up this season, which has been, you know, some real enterprising Football, um, you know, if you look at the the recent games that have been played against each other, so in May we've got uh, the Panthers won that one 18 to 6. And then, you know, very recently the Panthers uh, annihilated the Warriors 46 to. Oh, no, actually that was last year. last Late last year the, the Panthers annihilated the Warriors 46 to 12. But this year in their only meeting, They've had the Panthers, it was only 18 to six. It was early in the season. So I don't know how much you can sort of count that, Um, you know, in terms of uh, some of the stats, Tish, I don't know if you've got some stats lined up for me, but Mm. I'm looking at them at the moment on nrl.com and, and really a lot of this is really around the way the Panthers have, you know, a dominant um, kind of presence in their own home court, in their own home field. Um, that will have a lot to do with uh, their, their success. Um, points scored, points conceded—you can do all those stats will show you that the, the Panthers are superior. But it all comes down to what happens without Jerome Luai, and I—I'm worried about the Panthers in this case. I'm worried that this that they'll get a bit too ahead of, ahead of themselves, and I—I've got the feeling that the Warriors are planning something big, and they'll ambush the Panthers. So I think it's possible we'll be seeing the first of of our upsets in the final series uh with this game what do you think tish
1: yeah well look you know we talk about the great mentor uh mentee uh rivalries you know obi-wan versus anakin um and we've got something very similar here you've got ivan cleary and you've got andrew webster who was the apprentice of uh you know, of of Ivan Cleary for so many years, uh, not just even at the Panthers, but also even at the Tigers. Get, could you believe? And now here he is, uh, you know, in his first season as a a head coach, and he's able to get them into the finals. And now he gets to play his mentor. So I think that storyline uh kind of kind of fits well into this sort of clash. Um you, you know, and the other thing I've got to look at is players like Dallin Witteny-Zelezniak and, uh, you know, Wade Egan, right, and Tamari Martin, right. These are all guys that came through the Penrith system, right, but then were, you know, pushed out of the club because of the whole salary cap uh, issues, right. So I just feel that there's a there's a bit of a familiarity. And you think, you know, last year they, they, they were, you know, the Warriors were smashed by the Panthers. But then this year, as you quite rightly said, the scoreline was 18 to 6 back in april um but we that's a long time ago right and the warriors have have since then really really improved so i think this is a bit of a danger game and i think you're absolutely 100% correct uh about the jerome louie factor because i think they lose so much creativity without jerome there right and i think the link that he provides um you know to 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 the backs to Brian Toho, to Stephen Crichton, uh, Crichton, even he swings around to Isaac Tago as well. Um, you know the the sort of you know connections he has with Dylan Edwards through the middle. There's so many things that play off the back of Luai that that he does, and then you know he doesn't even need anybody sometimes as well. He's got so much brilliance that he's able to set things up for himself as well. So that's a that's a huge loss, and. You know, uh meanwhile, you kind of feel like the Warriors are at full strength. Um, so it's gonna be interesting. Um, but I think overall, you know, I think the Panthers, they've been here so many times. Uh and you know, I was looking at it, they haven't lost the finals. They, they've won their last six finals games, right? So um it's it's going to be a huge challenge for the Warriors. I think they'll get close, but I think ultimately when it comes down to the wire, I think the I think the Panthers will know exactly what to do in any situation. And, again, when you look at the bench, you've got Tyron Peachy on the interchange for the Panthers. Coming up against Dylan Walker, they're kind of very similar, but I'd give the edge over Peachy when it comes to, like, doing something outrageously creative, right? And, um, you know, and then you also got Spencer Lino as well, like, who's a big power horse. So, uh, for me, I think the Panthers are just going to have a little bit more... Than what the Warriors are going to go, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think, and uh, you know uh, this could even be a golden point game, uh, which which would be pretty pretty interesting, right? So they might not even do golden point. I just realised in these finals games do they? but anyway,
0: but we'll see what they do. That's a good point. I'm, I think they do golden point, um, or maybe they just they they play the full uh, extra time. I'm not sure. We'll find out how and get back to everyone. But look. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think um, it is going to be tighter than we think. I'm not sure it will go to Golden Point. I think we'll get a clear winner, but we'll see. Um, It'll be interesting for sure. Look, let's move on to the first of the elimination games now. It's the Sharks v Roosters and tackle number four. Here we go. All right, the Sharks will play the Roosters 6v7 Saturday evening, 9th of September at 7.50pm at PointsBet Stadium in Cronulla. There's a huge controversy about the fact that they're going to get a small crowd compared to what they would have got had they moved it a little bit further upfield at Allianz Stadium uh, in in a bigger ground, but that's their prerogative to play at their home ground no matter how small it is. Another question for another day, Tish, in terms of the the NRL's rules around, uh, you know, minimum standards in terms of crowds for finals games. But uh, there you go. This is going to be a tight one. The bookies are predicting the ruses slightly ahead of the Sharks based on what we've seen re- in recent times. Let's go into the, the teams. The Sharks have Connor Tracy, Shioni Katoa, Jesse Ramien, uh, Sia Sifa Talakai, Ronaldo Militalo, Brayden and Nico Hines, in the forwards we've then got Cameron McInnes, Wade Graham, Brighton Nicora, Brayden Hamlin, Ueli, break so Blake Braley, Toby Rudolph. On the interchange bench we've got Jack Williams, Royce Hunt, Thomas Hazleton, and Oregon Kafusi. And for the Roosters we've ha- we've got James Hadesco as captain, uh, Fetalaga Palga. Uh, Billy Smith, Joseph Manu, uh, Joseph Acusa, Suwali, suali uh, Luke Keary, and Sam Walker, and in the forwards, Victor Radley, Nat Butcher, Siua Wong, Lindsay Collins, Brandon Smith, Fletcher Baker on the interchange bench, Sandon Smith, Egan Butcher, Terrell May and Angus Crichton, Tish, um, look, both teams are, I guess you could say, in form, probably the Roosters are more in form at the moment, which is why uh, they're a, a, a slight favourites for this game. It is an elimination. It is the battle of the Southern Sydney beaches. We've got Bondi mm. versus Cronulla, of course. So um, you know, no, nothing to obviously that it, it'll be uh, the the Beach Cup, uh, but really it is about the winner takes the prize and continues on in the NRL final series and i think the knockout nature of the game really does bring about um, you got to you got to apply a different lens when when giving tips and reviewing what or previewing what's going to happen because um, you know Teams that have gone well during the season, like the Sharks, as we've said, one of the sort of Achilles heels for the Sharks is that they never really play well against fellow top eight teams, teams above them. Um, And so this is their chance to kind of, uh, you know, shake the monkey off their back and and get on with it and defeat the Roosters because the Roosters, you know, certainly Chad GPT thinks the Roosters are premiership favourites, but they've got danger all over the park. If they click, if they get it together um they are going to be the dark horse here so the roosters i think really are the the ominant uh the imminent and ominous threat for uh the top eight and i think the sharks need to put them to the sword um to be honest i don't know if they can do it (laughs) i don't know because there is just so much Uh, that the Roosters have to offer. There's so much firepower. They've had, you know, players that have performed at origin level. You know, Lindsay Collins has been outstanding this year. Um, You've got, obviously, you know, Sua Lee, Luke Keary, Joey Manu, James Sedesco that always kind of deliver uh, in these big games and know what it takes to get it done. You know, a lot of these players were there a few years ago when they won uh, two in a row. And so... Really, it is about you know making sure that uh, that we get for if you're a sharks uh, fan or sharks um, you know coach that that you really exploit the roosters weaknesses. They don't really seem to have too many weaknesses. Although I I think it's fair to say that some of the their backs I think have questionable. Um, defense. <laughs> so I think I think they just need to be able to challenge them. And I think what we've seen recently in the games that the Roosters have won, no team has really challenged them. I think the Rabbitohs had an opportunity last week, but were really poor. And and uh, you know, despite the fact Joey Manu is there, I think Swaligi also is a bit, and Billy Smith are a bit kind of, um, uh, you know, I get hesitant in defense and. Uh, what they need is some of their big guns the, to kind of roll over the top of them. And they do have Talakai and Mulitalo, for instance, have uh, very much play a kind of a dominant, uh, you know, robust kind of game. And maybe that's what's required to roll over the defense there. Um, I think the the forwards kind of cancel out each other. Um, we've seen both sets of forwards perform very well. The Cronulla forwards are probably more mobile, I would say, than what we've seen in the in the Roosters, but that's um, you know, I guess that's up for debate but I think, uh, you know, with someone like a Wade Graham there as captain, uh, he's been known for being a very mobile, ball playing kind of forward, and I think they, uh, you know, the question is can they defensively stop the Roosters from scoring their inevitable points that they will score the usual way they score? Um, you know, no Tupou though. I think uh, I think he's he's been injured, so I don't think we've got a Tupou there. So I think that's going to be a bit of a interesting uh, you know loss for them uh, for the Roosters. But you know, it's all it all comes down to I guess. Um, on the day who is going to have the best defense and uh for me i think the roosters probably slightly ahead of Cronulla at this stage but um yeah i'm still in two minds i'm still thinking about where this is going to go but i'm 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 thinking that the roosters will uh will uh, progress and the sharks unfortunately haven't shown enough that they can overcome some of their demons what about you tish what do you think
1: Well, yeah, it's kind of – this is a very interesting uh, sort of game, really. And, um, you know, what we talked about, Master versus Apprentice, uh, for the previous game, but this is also Craig Fitzgibbon, the Apprentice, and Trent Robertson, the Master. So, yeah, two games in a row where we've got this sort of uh, situation going on. Um, Look, uh, I think the Sharks have been one of the top – maybe the top two or three when it comes to the attack. Uh, 595 points scored this season. Uh, which is more than 150 points than what the Roosters have scored, right? Um, and then points conceded, um, 491 from the Sharks and 484. So a slightly better defence from the Roosters uh, statistically uh, than the Sharks. But then they, you know, the average points scored conceded uh, per game is is sort of 21 for both of them. Um, but the Sharks having sort of a six-point advantage with the points, average points scored uh, at 20, you know, at sort of, you know, six points at 25. Yeah, so there you go. So kind of very interesting when it comes to that type of uh, situation. Um, Now, interestingly, you know, one of the big uh, reasons, uh, one of the big things that a lot of people talk about the Sharks is that they seem to play well against the teams that are not in the top eight, but then against top eight sides that don't perform uh, as well. Uh, but they did beat the sh- uh, the Raiders last week who were in the top eight. So, you know, tick there. And actually earlier this year, they did actually beat the Roosters as well. So um, so I don't think – so what does all this mean? I think it just means that, like, I really I, I think this is a real opportunity for the Sharks to actually show that they do, uh, you know, that they have improved from last year, that they do have big game – um, players that they can sort of take it to the next level. And I actually think that they're poised to do that, right? Um, they have pretty good form coming into it. They've, I think out of the last five games, they've won four. Um, however, the Roosters have won. They're all their, their last five as well. So um, two teams that are in form. Um, that So it's going to be very interesting. Uh, head-to-head, you're sort of going through it. You think, okay, well, Tedesca's... You know, you know, Connor Tracy, Tedesco, you probably pick a Tedesco, you know, but then Katoa and um, pa- Pauga, hopefully, uh, you'd probably go Katoa, right? So, very, very evenly matched. What I'd probably do is probably give the edge. I'm gonna go because it's at home, and you know, last year, I think when they played their home game. The Sharks kind of were terrible. I really think that they want to uh, make amends of that. So I'm going to tip the Sharks. I think the Sharks uh, could do it. You know, they. I was really impressed by the way they were able to handle uh, the Raiders last week. They sort of went down early, but then they were able to come back. And then in the end, they ran over the top of them. And I think that they're there. They're, they're kind of side. So they can do that. Um, you know, I, I'm not 100% convinced with the uh halves combination of Sam Walker and Luke Carey. I think they're two similar type of players. Um, So I don't think there is as much variety as what you'd like coming out from from them. Um, And then you sort of got to have like the Swahili's and the Manus. These guys have got to try and like you know um add a bit of creativity to the to the game which which may may or may not actually happen. So for me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tip, I'm gonna tip the sharks in a bit of an upset, probably. Um, but I think that they've got, I think they've made it to the finals for a reason, and I think they really want to uh, go to the next level. And I think recent form, I think they've made enough changes to actually get there. So sharks for me on this one. I think so far we've differed on every single one, right, Doctor T?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's, uh, I, I guess that's the thing. These are, are very much evenly matched up games. Mm. Uh, even the one, even when the the bookies are favoring uh, Panthers over the Warriors, I, I I do think that they're not considering the, uh, Jerome Luai factor as much as I would. Um, I think, you know, but I've, I've been, you know, on that, I know we already talked about it, but I've been on the Jerome Luai kind of, uh, you know, kind sympathy, of, sympathy bandwagon oh, for a while. In a way, yeah. like I mean, I know he's been blamed for a lot that's happened on State of Origin, culturally and also on the field. I don't see it. Or, to be honest, I think he's much mm. more important than people realise. And Absolutely. Uh, he
1: is Penrith. When I think of Penrith Panthers, I think of Jerebulaith. Mm. And um, so I think he's a bit of a spiritual leader uh, of of that team. So yeah,
0: yeah, uh, and I, it's I, a big I loss. Agree. And yeah, yeah, and that's why I think we've we've uh, you know. We've differed a little bit in some of these games, but um, but yeah, I think it's just the nature of how how close these games are actually going to be. One thing to note with these uh, sharks and roosters, just my final point, is that they are in form, but they haven't really played too many of the in-form teams in the last five. They've all played kind of fairly easy teams. However, the difference is when the night when the sharks played the knights, um, they were absolutely demolished by the knights so that to me is a truer litmus test of how both of these teams are going um this is why i think they'll be evenly matched but whoever wins this will be completely up against it against whoever they play next week because uh if they're going to play you know one of the losers of the non-elimination games uh i think it's a step up above where they're at at the moment quite a, a big step up so i think both of these teams are sitting ducks at the moment for the next round um but let's see i think um you know both will have an opportunity this is really about the nico heinz you know show uh, demonstrating uh, you know he, he's got a it's all about him i guess in this game and for the roosters it's all about them getting a bit of pride back in in into where they think they should be um but but yeah, definitely it's a Nico Heinzing. If he can bring it together, Sharks will win. If not, then it is going to be a, it is a team sport after all. And I think the Roosters kind of have uh, a bit more consistency across the park and across their uh, their lineup. All right, so let's move on to our fifth tackle, which is about the Knights versus the Raiders. Here we go. The final game will be played Sunday four, uh, on the 10th of September, 405 pm uh, at McDonald Jones Stadium. It's a night home game, 5th versus 8th. And uh, the lineup for Newcastle looks like this Callum Ponga at fullback and captain, Dom Young, Dane Gagai, Bradman Bess, Greg Marziu, Tyson Gamble, Jackson Hastings. And in the forwards, we've got Adam Elliott, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Tyson Frizzell, Leo Thompson. Phoenix Crossland and Jacob Saifiti. And on the interchange bench, Kurt Mann, Daniel Saifiti, Jack Hetherington, Matt Croker. And for the Raiders, we've got Jordan Rapiner, James Skiller, Jack Whiten, Matthew Timoko, Nick Cottridge, Matt Frawley, and Jamal Fogarty. And in the forwards, we've got Hohiba Puru, Elliot Whitehead as captain, Hudson Young, Joseph Tupin, uh Zach Wolford. Ata Ata Mariota, Interchange, Tom Starling, Emre Gula, Pasami Solo, and Trey Mooney. And, uh, yeah, I I think uh, from what we saw and what we've seen in the last, uh, I guess, five games, I think it's fair to say that, you know, well, the Knights have won at least the last five games against, you know, well, I, I think it's fair to say, not necessarily the toughest of oppositions. We've seen them play Dolphins, Bulldogs, Rabbitohs, Sharks and Dragons. Uh, Whereas the Raiders have played the Tigers, Storm, Bulldogs, Broncos, Sharks. They've beaten only the Tigers and the Bulldogs. They have got flogged by the Storm and in the last two games, they lost to the Broncos and, and got flogged by the Sharks. So really, the Raiders are not in form at the moment, whereas the Knights are very much in form, albeit against Uh, you know, a little bit easier opposition than what the Raiders have had. Um, But when you look at the fact that the Knights are at home, when you look at the fact that they've had, uh, you know, they're they're a point scoring machine at the moment, um, they've got a lot on their side. The Raiders have had kind of a bumpy ride, I think it's fair to say, to the finals, whereas the Knights have just uh, had a bit of a winning streak. um, You know, and as I said, They've actually played two games this year against each other. The Knights have won both of those. The first one was in March and they won that 24-14. And the second one was very recently in late July where they've won 28-6. So they they completely demolished the Raiders. Look, I think on that basis, uh, well, this is one of those games where the Knights actually have been favoured by the bookies and, and probably by me as well. I think I find it very difficult to see a Knights loss at home given The players that they've got, in form, well-rested. The Raiders, you never know. Like last year, they spoiled the finals. They they knocked out the Storm in the first week, unexpectedly. And I think the Raiders will possibly... If there's any team that's going to play a spoiler kind of role, it's going to be Ricky Stewart's Canberra Raiders. And I think, again, even though I predict that the Knights will win and they might even win easily... I would not be surprised at all if that one in one in 50 times that you'll get an unexpected ambush by the Raiders and uh, and knock out the Knights. Remembering this is a knockout game. And so, you know, there's different things at play when when, you know, you can't really play that entertaining football. You can't really be that enterprising when your, your season's on the line. You will. You will tense up a bit. You you might forget things. You might not be, uh, you know, the motivation is there, but but the execution might not be. And that has happened to many, many sides when put under pressure of uh, sudden death football. The Raiders have been there and done that. You know, Ricky Stewart knows all about this sudden death. I mean, he's, uh, you know, as a player, he he is uh, an, almost a highlights reel of sudden death you know, amazing plays in uh, Canberra, New South Wales and Australia has, has Ricky Stewart involved in, in almost all of those highlight reels. Um, and, you know, you cannot underestimate the value a winner like that and that kind of a mentality as your coach going into a finals game. Like I said, they won round one last year against the Storm, knocking them out unexpectedly. Um, could they be knocking out a well-fancied Newcastle Knights at their home ground? Unlike, I think, the Knights will win, but I'm opening that possibility. What do you think, Tish?
1: Yeah, look, another real tight one, and uh, I suppose the the thing that kind of shocked me about this is that this will be the first time these two clubs have met in finals football. Can you imagine that? The Knights Mm.
0: and the... Is that a fact? Wow
1: yeah absolutely. and uh, and the the Raiders they're a bit of a funny team. I mean last week, um Sebastian crisp spear tackled player and got sent off, right on the eve of the finals and uh, guess what he's out he's suspended. In a game that meant nothing, right? So um, mm. yeah, that's the kind of things the Raiders will do, right. But I also think that they're the kind of team that can beat anybody uh, when they are focused, right. So I think it's it's kind of which which Raiders will show up. Um, but I think a, a better version of what we've seen from the Raiders of the last few weeks, I think, will show up. I mean, they, they kind of had a really hard-fought, uh, tight game against the Broncos who ended up uh, coming second only a couple of weeks ago. And then there was uh, obviously some controversy because it's never Canberra's fault that they lose. It's always the referees' fault, according to their coach, that they lose. Um but uh, you know they, they 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 were sort of a decision away from winning that game, right? So not not the worst form, even though it kind of uh, looks like when you look at from a statisti- statistical point of view. But you know Sunday afternoon at Marathon Stadium, um, you know uh, McDonald Jones Stadium, whatever it's called, it's gonna. It, I think the game's already sold out. Um, Kalen Ponga. Yeah, has been absolutely unbelievable. He he did not he sort of did not play for Queensland this year to sort of focus on the Knights and look what it's brought him. He I think he's really matured as a captain as well. Dom Young, you know, he, like every time he has the ball, it looks like he's gonna score a try, right? Like he could just he's like the fastest person in the league. And um, you know, one of the big highlights out of the last round was the backflip try that he scored, uh, which was absolutely unbelievable, right? So um, there you go. There. And then look, Bradman Best, I mean, he was devastating in state of origin, right? Um, so I think he's sort of gone up to a new level. Um, Greg Marju has always been a guy that could sort of score a lot of tries. So you just sort of go for their lineup and you realize, like, you know, they're they're a team that definitely has quite a lot of strike power um up against you know, the Raiders who, you know, I think the Raiders probably struggle to score points, but they will um, you know, pound you down, type type sort of. Uh, you know, type sort of scenario. The big person I don't see in the Raiders, which I'm kind of really concerned about, is Josh Papalihi. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. It, uh, I mean, he's, he is, oh, we talked about Jerome Law and how important he is to the Panthers, right? Uh, I think Josh Papali is very important uh, for the Raiders, right? He's kind of like that guy that just gets things going, right, and scores those Christian moment tries, even, you know, and then sort of, you know, has the impact. But um, look, I think that's a big out for the Raiders um, because I think they're going to need something like that against this Knights team who who uh, who who are humming, right? Um, that that's all you could say about them. So. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip the knights. Um, I think it is going to be an entertaining game. Um, but but I, you know, out of all the games this week, I could. This is the, <laughs> the floor, like this could be a blowout. This could be or this could be like the closest game. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it is the rocks and diamonds out of the bunch of the games. I feel like it's the one that. Um, could be the most closest, but also could be the one that just the Knights absolutely dominate. I don't think the Raiders, uh, I think the Raiders were, were to win. I think it would be tight. I don't think the Knights are going to get blown out by the Raiders, um, but I definitely think that there's, uh, there could be a, uh, I think there could even be a 50 point score. <laughs> right. That's, that's what I think. Like it's kind of. Wow. Yeah. Cause I think the Raiders are so unpredictable. I mean, like, I mean, they've got negative one hundred and forty odd points, right? Um, like, like in their draws. I think, you know, uh, I think they're they're predictably unpredictable.
0: Yeah, and one final thing, Jason. Uh, sorry, Jared Croker. He's not been selected so far. Mm. Would you like? He's he's not injured, is he? I think he's kind of semi. He, he indicated he was going to retire this year, but yeah. Could this be a final, last hurrah for Jared Croker, or is he is he out completely? Do you have any? What's the goss? What's the what's the mail on him?
1: Yeah, well, he's he's named as a reserve, so he didn't make the starting lineup. So, um you got to remember, like the Raiders kind of played full strength last week, right? So, if there's a uh, injury to Flo- Frawley and Fogarty, right, <laughs> then perhaps. uh well, no, not really, right? So, yeah, is yeah, Timico, well, you're not going to replace Whiten, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't think he's going to get a game. I just realised this now. There's, there's no <laughs> Fair way. Enough, yeah. There's, there's, like, um, I mean, Jordan, Jordan Rapana is playing fullback. I mean, that's another thing. I mean, I know Rapana is a great winger, and he's been playing fullback for a while. But I mean, they're missing. They're missing stuff. The the Raiders just seem to be missing players in crucial positions there at the moment, right?
0: possibly possibly but then again i mean you know i guess it's ricky's sort of deciding uh you know who's who's going to be representing them and uh based on what he's got available i think i mean i think i I don't think and he's really done um he's, he's not really known for making weird selections selection yeah. choices I think that's that's the thing I'm trying to say it's uh there must be reasons why he's not picking these players uh that we don't we don't know of. but yeah look don't discount the value of Jack Whiten as well this will be his last game potentially before he moves off to uh ironically a uh, South's team that he thought he was moving to a team that has a better chance of winning the <laughs> premiership and they're not even a top eight so there you go um, yeah a, a very ironically uh irony-laden Jack Whiten will will go into bat for the Canberra Raiders to to go deeper into a final series that his club that he's going to isn't even going to be represented at this year. So, you know, boggles the mind what goes on in... uh, You can't can't write a better script than this for him, but I think it's, um, you know, don't discount, I guess, his value in this game as well. Um, But, yeah, like I said, I still think the Knights have all the... All the signs are pointing pointing to the knights at the moment. Um, but yeah. Um, shall we move on okay, to the so, ticks?
1: So I, I think probably is out because of suspension.
0: Oh, is that right?
1: Okay. Well, Horsborough is out because of suspension.
0: We know that, but is um, is properly out for suspension as well?
1: Yeah, potentially. I'm just trying to go through it here because because it's it's weird not to see them in, in the lineup. So
0: that's Maybe right. well, I mean that's uh, to be expected for Canberra Raiders, given <laughs> given what happened last <laughs> week, with Chris. But there you go. Well, let's move in on to our final. You know, we've got to put a name name down and put the tips where they where we think they are. Um, enough talking. Tackle sticks. Here are the tips. All right, last week I got 5 out of 8 and it brought me to 124 for the year and you got 4 out of 8. Uh, 127 is where you're at, so I'm inching very close. So hopefully the these finals games give me enough uh, <laughs> enough leeway to catch up to you. Let's see how we go. I know you said we, we have differences of opinion. Let's see how we go. Broncos v Storm. I'm going to put my money on the Broncos. What about you?
1: Yep, look, I'm tipping the Storm.
0: All right, Panthers v. Warriors, I'm tipping an upset, the Warriors.
1: Okay, I'm not tipping an upset, I'm tipping the Panthers. All
0: right, Sharks <laughs> v. Roosters, Roosters for mine. Yeah, look, tipping the Sharks at home. <laughs> Knights v. Raiders, I'm tipping the Knights.
1: I'm going to tip the Knights as well, so probably the only agreement.
0: The only agreement, well, the others will probably see you blow out even a further lead, who knows? Yeah, or it could, minor, or it could be
1: we, we could be in the same number of points, right? The swing is huge on this one. It
0: could be anything, could be anything. But look, look, that's it. Round one of the finals has been previewed by us. Uh, you know, take the tips as you will. Um, <laughs> we probably will uh, do very poorly either way but um, you know, looking forward to it, I think it's going to be a great set of games and uh, hopefully as we go deeper into the finals, these tips will become much easier to, to discern. Uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit of an unknown at the moment. There's a few unknown factors here, but uh, I think round one will give us a, a bit of a sense of where some of the teams are really at compared to where we think we're at uh, given the last few games have been easy for some of these teams. But let's see how we go. Looking forward to it. It's going to be an exciting first round. Tish, over to you to wrap this one up.
1: Yes, thank you, Dr. T, and I'd like to thank everybody for listening for this uh, on for listening to this episode. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have for this edition of the Rugby League Republic. We're your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. Join us next time on the Rugby League Republic. Bye for now.